0: Wait a minute, I gotta
1: Okay, I, okay what I, I, you I hit record. We're back! I hit record, Wait, why
2: have I been talking for the past five minutes? Though? I hit record, <laughs> and
1: let
0: me hit record on this.
2: Uh, for once, John's the late one. How about that, folks?
1: You're doing the screen recording too, right? Yeah,
0: I, I just hit record on the Excellent. screen recording. Good to have that. Excellent. Wait, could you say that again in Mr. Burns' voice? Excellent.
2: Excellent. 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 Smithers.
0: Smithers. 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 I, I'm not giving Smithers. impressions. Bring right? me back Smithers, brush. take... Take off my belt.
2: With pleasure, (laughs) sir. Smithers! I need to put my toothbrush in. Yeah, see you should do more
1: impressions videos, I think those would get views.
0: Smithers, I need you to take my toothbrush and shove it in my ass. With pleasure, sir.
2: (laughs) Okay, yep, you just killed me.
0: Comic books, video games, television, and movies. In a world where the media has been brought to a standstill by a dangerous global outbreak, these barely Irish assholes must once again band together to make sense of it all. It's not news. It's... Utterly nonsense.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Utterly Nonsense Podcast Quarantine Edition.
0: That's right.
1: Quarantine. (laughs) I I feel like I don't need to include that, but uh, yeah, so um, where should we begin? Uh, Well, okay. Well, uh, first of all, let's say if you're new to the show, thanks for listening. uh, We're on all the major podcasting platforms. You've probably heard this anytime you've listened to a podcast, so I don't know why I feel the need to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscribe, Um, listen,
0: check out the links.
2: And if you listen to this podcast and for some reason I was in it, Guess what? I'm back again.
1: <laughs> but uh, anyway, on our Linktree, you can find all of our links to all of our various platforms and social media. That's Linktree slash Utterly Nonsense, or L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Utterly Nonsense. Thanks for listening. Let's get on with the show.
0: Right, and don't forget, we're on every major podcasting platform, including Spotify. But speaking of podcasts on Spotify, something big has happened in the podcast world today. Probably the most well-known podcast host ever joe rogan has just announced that he has signed a deal an exclusive deal to have his podcast exclusively on spotify starting september 1st
2: that means it's only gonna be on spotify kids
0: yeah which is kind
1: of crazy like i mean he i think is probably most well known for being on youtube um he has a huge audience on youtube alone quite a few episodes i think he's been doing this for close to a decade if it hasn't been uh over at this point
2: he's uh, he, he only uh also this for the ufc so i mean
1: yeah the guy is busy as all hell i have no idea how he has the time to do this but uh how is he you know, I'm a comedian for it.
2: that's my question as well
1: yeah no it, it's like the guy has a fully jam-packed schedule so it's incredible that he's raised this much of an audience
0: this long
2: i feel bad for his family geez ain't chilling with his kids a lot no i'm kidding i'm kidding
0: the main thing I wonder is how he gets all these people on. Like, he must have a really good scheduler, or, uh, an agent. I don't know what you would call that.
2: It's time, time management, kids. Well, it's time like management he has, is key in life. He has a full production staff,
1: like producing these things. I know he has a dedicated guy just for his audio, a dedicated guy just for the video, a dedicated guy mm-hmm. who does book all the guests. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's not like he's doing this all on his own, but it's impressive nonetheless. The guy who books the guests, that's a busy guy. Yeah, I mean, that's probably just a generic producer.
2: Oh, he must be, that guy must be living through hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's lucky that Joe already has a well-established audience and that he has so many connections in the world of comedy, in the world of UFC. Um, it, it, you know, it definitely helps booking those guests.
2: Uh, let's see, he only knows insanely famous comedians like Joey Diaz. Uh, let's see. He is literally, yeah, like you said, uh, like our first name basis with like the top UFC fighters in the world.
1: Yeah. So it's not too shocking. So that being said, this whole movement to Spotify, which, you know, I read about like an hour before we started recording. Uh, it's brand new, like as of the time we're recording this. It's shocking to me because it's like he must be cutting down a lot of his audience by moving to Spotify. I can't imagine he has nearly as much of an audience on Spotify as he does on any of his other major platforms. Well, Um, he doesn't have one yet there because his podcast actually isn't on it. I mean, I was about to say I didn't even think he was on Spotify.
2: (laughs) That would all depend on who uses Spotify and with how mainstream it is in comparison to people that I say, I don't know, use Apple Music. I mean, I think he found like a perfect niche because I think. Spotify is obviously the more mainstream like service right there. Uh,
0: I don't know. I think Apple Podcasts is because we definitely, at least us, we get a lot more listens on Apple.
2: Yeah,
1: I I mean, looking at our own analytics, uh, we know that most of our audience is on Apple Podcasts, right? Um, And that's not to say that all podcasts are functionally the same, that they're all gathering audiences the same way. But, um, you know, it it does go to show that through organic growth, that seems to be where the major platform is because it's not like even a close comparison for us. Like, Apple Podcasts is by far our our biggest platform. Yeah. I
0: think a bigger part of this announcement is that he also said that all of his videos, like the rights to all the videos would be going to Spotify as well. So, is Spotify going to make a video hosting feature now? I would be curious about that because I feel
1: like he wouldn't give up the video format of that show. Um, He's definitely gathered a lot of his audience through YouTube alone. Yeah. So, it's interesting in that i i don't really see what he's getting out of this i mean i'm sure he's getting oh. some sort of monetary com- uh, deal from spotify but yeah it's like the, they, they're they clearly getting the better
0: end of the deal from this the word on the street is that it could be like upwards of 100 million depending on how successful it is
2: yeah yeah does, the deal is initially for 100 million dollars so that's insane
0: yeah, so there you go. Uh, well, I don't know that that's like the lump sum he's being given for the like just making the deal explicitly. I think that's dependent upon, you know, again how successful it is. But you know, I didn't really read too much into it. It's definitely a lot, as a, as it should be. Yeah. Well, look,
1: they're obviously getting a better end of the deal than Joe Rogan is. Um, they've been trying to build up their podcast presence for a while, so having he, I I would say he's probably the most popular podcaster around right now right like I, I i can't think of anyone who's got a bigger platform than him like,
2: uh, I, mean, like I said earlier who are people going to listen to on a podcast a guy that's a freaking comedian he is very well like versed in politics and again the announcer for the ufc that pretty much knows everybody that's a mixed martial artist so yeah i mean like literally he's got to be like the most listened to so
1: the fact is, you're going to see a lot of his audience going to Spotify just to listen to him on
0: Spotify. Yeah, the one comparison I would draw in terms of size of something like that is uh, Howard Stern.
1: Yeah, but even he oh geez, Howard Stern. He, I mean, his background is mostly in traditional radio yeah. and he had decades of experience to build his audience. Um, and even now, he's got nowhere near the audience he used to have. Um, I, I can't imagine he's got anywhere near the following
0: that Joe does today. It might be a demographic thing. Like, I would assume that uh, Howard Stern has a lot more viewers, you know, in the, I'll say, above 40 age
1: range. Sure, and I mean, it does help that he does still have a show on XM radio, Uh, he does still have an audience through traditional media, media. so, you know, that's one thing that Joe doesn't have, right? Like, he doesn't have that presence.
2: So would he be still available through Sirius XM, or, or would that... Uh, Cancel it out or Is
1: I I mean as far as I know Howard Stern's main model of Distribution is through his Sirius XM Show Um, obviously all of His stuff is also available elsewhere You can pretty much go on to YouTube And find any of his major talking points Since he started that series But uh Uh, good point But you know obviously Joe doesn't have that Same strength Uh, it's comparing Apples and oranges really if you're like looking At Sirius versus Spotify you know So any closing thoughts on this before we move on? Because I feel like this is starting to dominate the entire podcast.
0: Right. Uh, If you haven't yet, or if you aren't presently, follow us on Spotify. (laughs) You might be going there in the future, chances are.
1: Uh, And I I will say that's where most of our Android listeners seem to come from. So you'd be in good company.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. Follow us on there.
2: Definitely do, Android listeners. And we appreciate you.
0: So what do we want to get into next? Some game news or some TV news?
2: Well, literally, as we just discussed right before we uh, even recorded the podcast, we just realized that Ruby Rose is going to be leaving the Batwoman series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of nuts. Again, this is like breaking shit, you know? Which
2: is absolutely shocking. And I was like, whoa, wow, what?
1: It, it's like one of these stories that, first of all, I don't think that anyone on the CW has been recast to this point. No major cast members have just no. completely like, up really? and vanished. Not, none know? that I can think of.
2: Yeah, Diggle's actor's still the same. Uh, Laura Lance is dead. Thank God. Um, <laughs> the one that
1: sort of shocked me was um, uh, Laura Benanti as Supergirl's mom leaving in season three. Um, they recast her with, uh, what's her name from? Oh,
2: jeez, I forgot about Supergirl, honestly. For from a little uh, bit. I've been Smallville. Still behind on all the, all oh. those shows, I just lost interest.
1: Yeah, and that bugged me at the time because you know Laura Benanti actually from my hometown, so oh really? th- Yeah, which I always thought was kind of cool, right? Like you know, anytime a celebrity who's local makes it, that's that's pretty cool, right? Like, um, so that sort of broke me at the time. Now I, I saw it was a shame. Ruby Rose is a major star. Like even outside of the CW, she's a well-established actress.
0: Is she? Because I hadn't really heard of her. As far as I know, she's only in Fast and Furious, right? So her biggest role was uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh, she was one of the inmates.
2: Oh, that show that I never watched. Right. Yeah, it had
0: a huge audience, though. You know who also had a role in Orange is the New Black? Catherine Mulgrew, also known as Captain Catherine Janeway of the Starship Voyager.
2: Oh, really? Well, also, it um, I forget the actress's name, but the girl that played, um, oh my god, Donna in that 70s show is also in it. Unfortunately, she daughter hair to black i believe yeah
1: yeah she was yeah. one of the uh major ones on that
2: and she was my favorite character in that 70s show because dude that girl was just a straight-up badass
1: oh she was awesome i was like Hyatt though there was something cool about the whole like anarchist thing
2: I-, I always hate that i can never remember her name
1: yeah laura prepon what's up laura prepon that's the actress's name
2: oh right thank you cj yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, this came as a huge shock to us, right? Like, Ruby Rose leading the show. Um, Batwoman's not gotten the best reviews. We gave it a pretty glowing recommendation when they first uh, aired the first few episodes. Uh, that's somewhere on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. I don't know if I call I say it glowing. It was just... Compared, I, I didn't
0: see where, like, the harsh criticism was. like Compared to what most critics are saying. Compared to what the first trailer right. made me think it was going to be, which was basically absolute garbage, I thought... Oh, okay. It's it's not
1: that bad. No, it's pretty standard CW, which is again what we said. So we anyway, um, as of the recording of this, Batwoman just aired its last episode of the season. The
0: main thing about it is that it kind of takes Batman and puts a different. It, it like kind of does the same Batman themes, like instead of Joker, you have Alice. They uh, they have Hush in there now. Instead of Catwoman, you have. Magpie, she's like a bird themed cat suit wearing thief. You know, there's a lot of these parallels just with different characters. Yeah,
1: which seems kind of pointless. So, look, I don't want to sound like a broken record here because I know we've been accused of random, uh, by random commenters on YouTube, of being like anti SJW, which I guess we sort of are. Um,. You know, I I think a lot of the people who saw the first trailer were saying, oh, this is SJW propaganda. This is just feminists trying to cram more shit down our throats. You don't get that sort of thing with
0: the actual series. Yeah, at least not too much. I mean, it, it maybe creeps up a, a little bit here and there, but yeah, it's not that bad, I don't think. Or at least I didn't find
2: it that bad. Everybody's got to realize, even I'll admit it, dude, Batwoman is a badass literally she is an embodiment of a badass just like batman like if she can mess you up
0: but not as much as batman
2: Uh, well (laughs) no one is as much as
0: batman you
1: know mike absolutely despises ruby rose for some reason and despite all that she's actually really great in the role i'm i was actually like really impressed with her characterization of Batwoman, especially when a lot of the characters in the show are
2: do not get me wrong i absolutely loved her in the infinity crisis uh special that, she, I thought she did absolutely amazing. And when I saw Kevin Costner in that, oh, man, my life was made. Well,
0: Kevin, You mean Kevin Conroy, not Kevin Costner? Yeah. Did he say Kevin Costner? Yeah, you <laughs> mean <made laughs> Kevin Conroy. Kevin Costner was Superman's uh, dad.
2: Damn it. <laughs> I do that every time. I literally do that every time. I always screw up the name. <laughs> damn it. Ah, uh, Enjoy that, YouTube. Another epic fail by me. <laughs> Yeah, and um the other sort of
1: role that made her sort of a major figure going into this was um uh The Meg, do you remember that uh blockbuster movie from 2018?
2: Oh, the Meg, yes with Jason Statham. What with the shark? Yeah,
1: she was the female lead in that, so
2: she oh, got really? a lot of press that, I didn't even yeah. notice. Damn, I worked at a movie theater when that was coming out and I didn't even notice.
1: Yeah, so again, she wasn't like too big of a star at that point, so I I don't think she was on too much of the theatrical material, but no. I I think anyone who saw the movie uh knew about her um not my kind of movie i was gonna say um Uh, yeah going on
0: yeah i was gonna say i don't know if i necessarily really was a fan of her in the role but that might just be the way her character is written which i i kind of want to get into the the season as a whole a little bit so we'll talk about it then but at least it seemed to me like a lot of the people who were giving it such intense criticism were people who either just wanted to hate it no matter what, or they really hadn't seen CW shows before. Because, you know, as somebody who's been watching those kind of shows for years, a lot of it wasn't really surprising to me. It seemed, you know, in line with that kind of soap opera type atmosphere. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of melodrama going on, which is pretty clearly
1: intended there. Um, especially just with how over-the-top Alice can be at times, you do sort of get the sense that that's where yeah. the tone of the show is going to be. Um, I, I think a problem that some people have had who have and were actually watching it at the beginning was that that might not balance out particularly well with her whole sort of dark and gritty persona, her trying to be essentially, you know, Batman in, in this new era of Gotham.
2: I think it's probably the same critics that like right in the, like just tear apart Supergirl, they're like, it's not Superman, it's not Batman, it's not gonna be good. And I'm just like, do you guys have any idea how strong they actually are?
1: Yeah, so look, it's it's like I, I think um, you know we've been attacked before on YouTube just for being essentially men <laughs> talking about female-led series on the internet. Oh,
2: don't get me started because I remember us getting destroyed for that. Um, oh, the Captain Marvel. What was that? I lead a I lead Captain yeah. Marvel crap. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, fans. I remember things.
1: It's always random stuff from random commenters, but whatever. I don't take it personally. They're probably
2: Russian bots, let's be real.
0: Yeah. I found that weird because it's not like we're a popular channel, so I just wasn't sure like where these people were coming from. My still working theory is that you have people who essentially just have
1: no lives on these social media, just essentially trying to attack anyone who disagrees with them about anything. And uh, that was clearly like a big talking point at the time. Here's what I think
0: it is, cause I, and I definitely see it a lot on like, the so, all the social media channels of the CW shows. There's people who really, really get emotionally invested in not just the shows, but like all the ac- actors or actresses behind the show and everything like that, and I think they always actively seek out things about it. And the way the YouTube algorithm is designed is to constantly fuel your interest in the same thing as much as it possibly can, so it keeps you watching. So... What I think is that there's people out there who are just really fans of whatever it is for whatever reason, and they seek content about that stuff, and they just keep clicking and clicking and clicking. Sounds about right. And especially hate-clicking is a big thing, too. Sometimes you want to click something to hate on it, just like the people who watch it just to hate on it.
2: That's why the term is called clickbait.
0: I wanted to watch it because, well, I really had nothing uh, nothing better to do. I mean, I probably did, but I just watched it anyway. Yeah. But I wanted to see if it really was going to be crap. And it was. And yeah. Although I will say it kind of wore down on me as the season went on. Yeah. I mean, look, there were
1: parts that were kind of dull. I will admit that I was drunk watching most of it. So maybe I'm not the best <laughs> judge of it. That's not uh, I just
2: have to watch TV mostly now in general because just nothing has been like tickling that part of me that just like. Wow, all right, I can actually get invested in something. Hell, what? Like, I'll admit right now, I've been rewatching Danny Phantom on Hulu.
1: Okay, that's <laughs> not a bad waste of time, honestly. I uh,
2: know, uh, I'm saying to everybody right now this show holds up. Holy okay. crap. And I didn't even realize that uh, the voice actor for Daphne from Scooby Doo was this, was Sam Manson as well.
1: Oh, uh, Great Alile, yeah, she's been done a bunch of stuff.
2: Oh my god, uh, God bless that woman, and screw everybody that made that Scoob movie and didn't include her and Matt Lillard yeah. as, Sco- as Shaggy. Excuse me, Matt Lillard as Shaggy. Screw you, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, so I,
1: I will say first of all, Great Alile, incredible voice actress who doesn't get enough credit. Um, I agree. I, And we'll talk about, like, what we've been doing to keep busy during quarantine more at the end of the podcast. Um, But I will say I've been rewatching Avatar since uh, they put it back on Netflix. Oh, yeah, that came out on
2: Netflix, I realized.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's Azula, too, in case you didn't know that. She's Azula? Fucking incredible voice actress.
2: Oh, my God. She's got the range then, man. That is pure range.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, speaking of us as anti-SJWs, I did want to talk about Harley Quinn while we're... uh, on the subject. I, let me preface this by saying I actually really enjoy the series. It's like one of these things that I've been watching with my sister each week as they're coming out on DC Universe. Can I preface this too? Go, yeah, preface it, please.
0: Yeah, uh, I've watched clips of it on YouTube, and it I don't laugh.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that I think you really have to take in as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of growth in, even going in between episodes. It's not just like a like I, I compared it to being like sort of a cross between Rick and Morty and Bojack Horseman in terms of the humor of it
0: all. Yeah, that's that's about right.
1: Yeah, and in the in the sense that there is sort of a darkness there. Like the character is clearly deeply emotionally flawed, but there's a lot of growth there.
2: What do you you gotta realize? Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy, two of the most highly sexualized women in all comic books, even though they're doctors and beyond smarter than even some of the superheroes in the series. Yeah. So, like, everybody keeps up uh, getting those factoids.
0: You know, isn't that the ironic thing, that they'll try to tack on these feminist kind of things to Harley Quinn, and yet, with each new iteration of her, they just sexualize her more and more? Yeah, it's sort of ironic. Uh,
2: that that kind of drives me crazy, too, because, like, this woman, who uh, is in an obvious toxic relationship with the Joker, and also everybody that is freaking romanticizing Harley Quinn and Joker, stop. Just stop.
0: Okay, well that goes back to the Twitter fans.
2: <laughs> They're not romantic. It's abusive. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's sort of
1: the same version of Harley Quinn that you see in Birds of Prey, like um, in that. Yes,
2: you- seriously, that's what I'm saying. Like that was a great way to deal with it. Show that she does not need the Joker, which clearly she doesn't.
1: Right. No, she's clearly a strong enough character that she can exist outside of that whole relationship. And a lot of the first season is dedicated to her sort of getting over this breakup, getting out of this toxic relationship, and essentially becoming her own character. And that was the first season, which finished up, I think, in January, they aired the second season almost immediately after. So, uh and i think part of that's because of the whole uh you know pandemic uh they wanted to get content out on the network because they knew people were hungry for new stuff to watch
2: i mean i haven't seen a movie trailer for anything in a long, oh, long time now, so movies. About- it's, yeah it's gonna be a while before we're back in the theater
0: i've read that some russell crowe movie is slated to be the first one to be released like as ever since the whole shutdown started is I don't remember what it's called, but it's supposed to come out in, like, July or the end of June? I don't know. Yeah, I heard they were still planning on
1: releasing uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie sometime in the summer. Wait, oh,
2: wait what, what movie is this? Sorry.
1: Um. Well, I, I don't know what the Russell Crowe one is. Um. The Chris Nolan movie's uh, Tenet, which sure. I, yeah. I, I actually don't know if there's any, like, really well-known cast members in it to sort of compare it to. But it's uh, like... I'm
0: pretty sure there are. I, I think there's the usuals for a Chris Nolan movie, oh, like, yeah, uh, like uh... Michael Caine and Cillian Murphy. Yeah, I was about to say Cillian Murphy's in, like,
1: yeah. every Chris Nolan movie. Yes, that wouldn't shock me. But anyway, it's, like, relatively unknown. I just read the other day that they were still planning on releasing it theatrically, and if it flops, well, movies are dead for a while. Because Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really got no competition right now. Yeah, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Harley Quinn... So yeah, I do genuinely like the series. The second season has been consistently pretty good so far. It's like her trying to take back Gotham from. Essentially, it's become like sort of lawless. Batman's gone missing. Um,
2: you have so she's trying to become the Harley Queen of Gotham. Well, it's like she she wants. Yes, to, that was a pun, fans. Well, it's like so
0: it's Batwoman, but with Harley Quinn. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, she wants to maintain some level of order without really being a good guy. It's like the uh, basically the other villains. Um, I think Two Face, Riddler, Bane, um, and, and the Penguin all basically took
0: over. You mean parody Bane? <laughs>
2: yeah, parody Bane. <laughs> parody Bane.
0: Yeah, no, he has the like the Tom Hardy voice, like uh, like a really? like a, a worse impression of it than you or I would do. And he, he just, like, he, like, makes these almost quotes from the movie constantly. He's like, I was born in hell. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, he's one of the uh, sort of joke characters. I was think.
2: molded by it, Batman.
0: But
1: um, anyway, all these villains sort of take over Gotham after Batman sort of disappears. As they do. And they all essentially want Harley dead so she's sort of fighting to take them all out of power while sort of leaving the city. like she actually does like how the city set up or so like...
2: it, it, is Falcone still around then if she's trying to take power in Gotham like no,
1: I, th- I think they addressed that early on where Falcone and Moroni basically had no power in the whole thing. Um, they, they didn't I don't think they are like completely written off the show Jeez. but it's like they're not currently in power so whatever they were never really a big draw.
0: What about Rupert Thorne? (laughs) You can never get rid of him.
2: Oh, I don't even...
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of these minor Gotham characters are just never going away.
2: (laughs) I don't even remember who that is.
0: So, in Batman the Animated Series, he was like, you know, one of the main crime bosses. And literally every single time there's an episode with him in it and Batman catches him and turns him over to the police, he's right back out the very next episode.
2: And nobody notices?
0: No, of course they noticed, but he just, you know, I own the place. Oh, nobody cares. Yeah, eh? and he, it ties into the uh, origin of Two-Face, oh, like the yeah, whole thing that. where he becomes Two-Face, what, Rupert Thorne was involved, and Batman's like, wait, no, Harvey, let the law handle it. You're talking to the wrong Harvey. He's, yeah, I mean, that's actually- Yeah, let
1: the law handle it, and then they'll just let him out. I, see, I actually always really liked that that origin for Two Face, right? Like he essentially ha- always had this dark side inside of him, and it was just fighting to come out. It, you know, that that's deep.
0: Yeah, and that's completely lost in the Dark Knight movie. He just goes crazy for no reason, seemingly.
1: Well, it's like he has this. He seemingly just has a psychological break, which also sort of works. But it's like one of my minor issues with the Dark Knight is that they tend to pile on a lot of villains, and yeah.
0: I'm one of the few people who will point out flaws in the Dark Knight because I don't think it's that great. Like, it's good, but I don't think it's the greatest. I mean, the Joker makes points. Yeah, but there's... It's mainly the Two-Face stuff that I I didn't like about it. Joker's great. So,
1: anyway, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up Harley Quinn was because of this whole cold open they did a few weeks ago. It bugged a lot of people because it seemingly came out of nowhere. on uh, Like, on the show where a lot of the humor is... Not necessarily subtle, but at least done well. <laughs> um, God, this is not coming out right. But basi- <laughs> basically, um, they did this cold open that was just essentially made to insult male fans of the DC universe.
0: Oh right you you said something about this.
1: Yeah, so it's like you have these two guys on screen. They're both made out to be sort of neck beards. Uh, one white guy. Uh, one. Yeah, oh, well, no. basically insulted. just like no, okay. guys living in their mom's basement.
0: <laughs> don't pretend like you don't know. Shut um. up. Yes, <laughs> you're you're initiated like the rest of us.
2: You know, I don't have a full beard yet. We're all
1: neck beards. <laughs> so the one guy who's sort of made out to be like the bigger neck beard of the two, uh, he's wearing a release the Snyder Cut shirt. Oh, really? Uh, and he's basically talking about how terrible the Harley Quinn series is. Uh, and despite not watching it because it's trash, he seems to have seen the entire first season and understand everything that's going on. Despite hating the series, he's apparently hate watched the entire thing. So then the other guy has on this, uh, the last Jedi is not canon shirt. So, um, you can pretty much tell that they're trying to essentially take these two groups within the fandom and basically say, Oh, Hey, these guys are assholes. You know, we don't want them associated with our show. Right. Like,
2: yeah, I
1: I see. And you just have to wonder, like, I mean, look, we're, we're watching this on DC universe, right? Like most of the people Mm -hmm. who watch this platform are these two groups of
0: guys, Like, what the hell are you doing? Well, now let let me uh, explain what's been going on for the longest time. So what you have is a whole bunch of popular franchises that are very well-liked. They're very well-known, super successful. And originally, let's be honest here, they're created mostly with the core audience being white males in young adult to middle-aged range. So that's things such as Star Trek, Star Wars comic books mainly those things so now what they'll do is they'll say hey i have a message i want to push or i just want to work in something successful so let's take this
2: or i just want to piss somebody off today
0: let's take this existing franchise and now i'm going to do what i like with it and if you complain about it you're not our audience anymore so we don't care and you suck for not liking it Goodbye, Star Wars. Goodbye, Star Trek. Goodbye, comic books. Everything you love is turned to trash, and I can't take it anymore. Release the Snyder Cut. All right,
2: done. I, get, I can hear you physically moving around and calling, like, putting your full body into this. Oh, my God. I threw my chair on the ground. I took it <laughs> and threw it on the ground.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, like, uh, we've let gone me just, through both disclaimer, of these. Disclaimer. I yeah. don't I don't really I don't really care that they make fun of people like that. I mean it's it's a really shitty thing to do, but at this point, like you know that show is not made for core comic book fans who are or no, really it's
1: not. It's made to attract
0: younger female viewers to the platform. The main point I was getting at is that a lot of these new things are made with drawing a new audience in mind. Right. And you know, there is probably an element of Of pompousness, of blindness to who their core audience actually is. Or, like, I don't really know what's going on in these companies' minds when they hire these new people who... called money. You know, they claim to be fans of these franchises, and yet, when they're allowed to play in these sandboxes... Because they don't own it, but they act like they do. But when they're allowed to play in these sandboxes, they just fuck around and throw shit everywhere. And they make a mess of things. And then when people call them out on it, they're like... What are you talking about? You're the one that's wrong. It's like, yeah, I mean, that. these are the the fans of the people who have kept this shit alive. They're the ones who know what it's supposed to be like, or at least what it's been like. So it's like, how could you say that? Well, but then, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Finish what you were saying.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, sort of like, look, I have no problem with uh, comics and comic book properties trying to innovate the genre, trying to tell new stories with old characters Look, that that's how we've gotten so many great storylines, just by essentially reviving older, uninteresting characters, right? Like, literally, there's been so many different iterations of so many different characters. I don't think anyone is complaining about that. But it's like, usually you have at least the same core tenets among characters. Usually you have the same, like, you know, usually whoever's taking a run on the series knows what they're doing enough to not piss off the fan base, so it's like, if you fundamentally want to change everything that a character stands for and the name of progress, why aren't you just creating a new character? Why aren't you just creating an
0: entirely new run? Because they're absolutely terrible at it. It's You want me to give you an example? Please. Okay, this is probably the lowest tagging fruit I could pick, but it was semi-recent, probably really old in terms of news at this point, but it just shows you how out of touch some of these people have gotten. So in Marvel Comics, I don't oh Comics, I don't think, are doing that well right now, especially with all the shops closed.
2: I mean, yeah, it's not like anybody can go get them right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're still digital comics, but, you know, you know, it's not the same as holding it in your hand. True. So, Marvel announced this thing called the New New Warriors. Ugh. New Warriors was a team, I believe, obviously, since this says New New. I don't know that much about them. But these are, I'm pretty sure, all original characters they're introducing with this comic. Let me read you some of the the names, and I'll I'll put a link here so you guys could look at it later, so you can see the designs. They're awful. Spoiler, but uh, let me read you some of the names with uh, just brief descriptions. So, <clears throat> first we have Screen Time. A meme-obsessed super team whose brain became connected to the internet after becoming exposed to his grandfather's experimental internet gas. What? Now he can see augmented reality and real-time maps and can instantly Google any fact, making him effectively a genius. So he's a kid with a smartphone. (laughs) He's a guy wearing Google Glasses. So it sounds like um
1: you remember that Key Peel sketch where Jordan Peele is playing Stanley pitching like new ideas to Marvel writers room. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like basically one of those characters, right? Like,
2: you know, he's sure.
1: this like he's this old man who's completely out of touch with what's cool about characters nowadays. So he's like pitching all of these things that sound cool to like an old man. About right. right. Mm-hmm. That probably sounds cool to like boomers, you know. Like, uh,
0: I I can't imagine. Just and this is the official Marvel website that I'm reading from. Like, who do you think your audience is? But let me move on. So the next two are a doozy. You have uh, some kind of Wonder Twins looking things here. Snowflake and safe space. Snowflake and safe <laughs> space. Psychic twins. Yeah. All twins are psychic, but where psychic er? Snowflake, a cryokinetic, can materialize snowflake-shaped shuriken projectiles for throwing. Safe space can materialize pink force fields, but he can't inhabit them himself. The reflex only works if he's protecting others. Oh, how generous. They're hyper-aware of modern culture and optics, of course, me masters, and they see their superheroics as a post- Listen to this. <clears throat> as a post-ironic meditation on using violence to combat bullying. They're probably streaming this. You're so in touch, Marvel! Oh my god, I love it!
1: Yeah, so, quick sidebar. um, Snowflake, I believe, is the first non-binary character in Marvel's entire lineup. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: I mean, Um, they both
1: look rather uh, ambiguous. (laughs) But it's like they make a point of saying this character is non-binary, this character is our token representative of the non-binary community. Um, The series... Is, first of all, written by, like, a middle-aged white guy. <laughs> and, like, basically the non-binary community lost their shit over this character. Like, they just thought it was so disrespectful. They thought it was just such a slap in the face of Well, you movement. know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I, yeah, I mean, I would be fucking insulted if I were part of the LGBT community. You know, like, I, I can't imagine what Marvel was thinking with this.
0: When I saw this, I, I legit thought it was an out-of-season April Fool's joke. I'm still not convinced it isn't. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. T- tying it back to Harley Quinn, like I don't think they're going that extreme in a direction. Because I do kind of remember when they had like a short teaser for it back before it came out. Uh, like the character Harley, she does actually make reference to the uh, DC movies. She says. Uh, You know, we're not as dark as those DC Snyder films or something like that, she said.
2: Oh, yo, all right, what? That makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the series is, for the most part, not really this sort of super SJW thing, right? It it actually is a genuinely good series. Um, So for it to sort of go down this path, I'm wondering why, right? It just seems so out of place. Cheap joke. Yeah, It's just a cheap joke to get people talking, I guess. Hey,
0: look, it worked. You succeeded, DC.
1: I mean, I, th- I think it's possible that the writers just don't understand what the Snyder Cut people are saying. Um,
2: it- it's like, I don't know, man.
1: I-, I I don't know. It just seems like a lot of the people at WB
0: don't understand how people... It- it's Twitter. It's a very Twitter show. Yeah. If you've read Twitter comments before, then take that and make a show out of it.
2: <laughs> if you see anybody on Twitter and they're explaining how they can make a show and or a movie better than the actual professional writers. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, I
0: mean, here's the thing. The people who are professional writers now are those Twitter users. Evidently. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you think about it. When's the last time you saw
1: a young television writer not on Twitter? I
2: don't know. Hey, guys, you want to run a DC movie? I'm pretty sure we can make that better than Justice League.
0: Hey, I had a whole plan for the DC film universe back, like, before they announced Batman v. Superman, so... And let me just say that that comment was upvoted 500 times. So, uh, Yeah, I think I'm right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it's like... I, I mean, that's really, like, been my only gripe with the series so far. So... You know, if that's Wait, is level. Henry
2: Cavill still Superman? I forget.
1: As of right now, he is. He hasn't formally stepped away.
2: As of right now, he is. He has not uh, officially left, even though that was uh, a rumor, right? Yeah, he hasn't formally stepped
1: away or anything, um, even though, like, people on Twitter would try to make you think he has. Um. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, so that's really my only gripe with Harley Quinn. I really don't think it's gone in that direction anywhere else, so whatever. You know, it's one... Small misstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other thing I did want to bring up, Brick and Morty. Um, so basically, we're in the second half of the fifth season. They just started airing the second I half of the it was fifth the season. season. I think it's the. F- I, you know, I might be wrong. I thought it was the fifth. Um, I think it's
2: season four.
1: Okay, you know, let me Google this real quick because I just want to get this clear for the podcast. Um,
2: yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's season four
1: yep yeah it's it's season four and john Um, it's a
2: rarity i i was right in comparison to cj (laughs) yeah
1: no it's true i'm usually pretty spot on it's because they do this weird jump just in the middle of the season right like it's like they aired the first half of this season last year
2: yeah i i don't like how they did that it makes no sense
1: no it's like they waited five months to air the second half of the season it's It's basically like the amount of time in between two seasons so that might have thrown me off um so anyway second half of the fourth season uh began a few weeks ago. Um, this episode they aired this past weekend is actually probably my favorite episode of the season so far, so the vat of acid episode uh oh.
2: vat <laughs> of acid i have no idea what you're talking about i've only seen up to oh, where well. okay. that dragon apparently wants to fuck everybody
1: oh my god you're not you're not caught up okay you got not at it. all
2: i am not at all i'm very behind hell yeah. spoilers galore with when it comes to rick and morty because either way you know i'll be i'll be laughing at that because that yeah. shit's good
1: so I, th- I think the entire season is up on adult swim's website right now so you should be able to stream that oh
2: shit i forgot about that
1: so check that out. Um, the one thing that I think is really newsworthy, are you guys familiar with the Bechdel test? The what? John, have you heard of it? I haven't. OK, so this is bringing me back to my freshman year English class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll read really the formal definition here. it it's be named after this one writer, Alison Bechdel, uh, feminist writer. Uh, You know, getting over the whole philosophy, um, it's become like this whole test that's used to judge essentially gender inclusivity in fiction. Uh, Um, Here's the here's the formal definition, according to Wikipedia. The Bechdel test, also known as the Bechdel Wallace test, is a measure of the representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is also sometimes added. About half of all films meet these criteria, according to user-edited databases and the media industry press. Passing or failing the test is not necessarily indicative of how well women are represented by any specific work. Rather, the test is used as an indicator of the, five, or of the action presence of women in the entire field of film and fiction and to call attention to gender inequality in fiction. So basically, it's this metric that a lot of people are using, or a lot of critics are using, to essentially say whether a movie, TV show, book, any form of media is uh, showing proper representation of women in that you know particular medium.
0: You know, now that you read that out, it does kind of sound familiar. I might, I might have read about it once.
2: I feel like it was brought up to me at some point, but I'm having difficulty to remember where. Yeah, like, I, I know what you mean.
1: So, first of all, the uh, major points there again are that it features at least two women, usually they have to be named, who talk to each other, and it doesn't even stress the amount of time they, they talk to each other.
2: It could be about politics, and it doesn't involve, uh, as long as it's not involving a man, is that, what I'm, is that what I'm getting right?
1: Exactly. They just have to talk about something other than a man. It doesn't even have to be for, like, a minute. Yeah, it, I have read it, about it this, be, actually. Yeah. So... I bring this up because Rick and Morty has been criticized in the past of catering to a young male audience. Uh, Oh, here we go. It's been criticized of having a largely incel
0: audience, which, fuck you, I mean, it doesn't. You have entire soap opera series that have been running for 50-plus years to cater to you. You have all these other series. You have all of the CW network. What, Morty, you want?!
1: (laughs) so anyway that's basically like a big criticism that uh some of the mainstream media has had about the show since its first season that its audiences are all incels its audiences are all like um m- white virgins from the
0: suburbs no, um, what? <laughs> I'm from the
2: suburbs what do you mean
0: its audience is people who are only of the highest caliber iq as you know it takes a pretty pretty intelligent person maybe even smarter than Einstein, to understand the root of the joke Wubba Lubba Dub Dub.
2: Oh my god. Yeah, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. Oh my god, that is so sexist towards underage. What? No, it's not. It's something stupid that Justin Roland literally made up on on the fly. Justin Rowland, sorry, I I keep mispronouncing his name.
0: Hey, I'm Pickle Rick, motherfucker.
2: Exactly. (laughs) You don't even
1: watch the series. You've gotta watch
0: the series. but, but the memes, though. Yeah. I keep up with memes occasionally, so that's all I know.
2: John, memes is your life. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I am a meme. (laughs) You literally are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So why do I bring up the Bechdel test when talking about Rick and Morty? So the first episode of the new second half of the fourth season called Never Rick and Morty was the first episode of Rick and Morty to pass the Bechdel test basically the whole episode is an anthology um where they, you know they're essentially telling stories throughout the entire thing nothing's really canon but um in order to essentially get from one part of the story to the next morty has to make up a story that passes the bechdel test because it's so out of character wait, wait, wait.
2: So, so you're telling me that summer and her mother beth never had a conversation that wasn't involving a male
1: this was the first time, because I guess pretty much anything Are else... Are kidding me? I, I guess pretty much any other time they've talked alone, which, again, is a rarity in and of itself that you would have any characters other than Rick and Morty talking. I Okay, I mean... Yeah, they've never talked about anything So, the, in other words, they go very meta with it. Ba- basically, they're just poking fun at the whole thing and how ridiculous it is, because the entire story that Morty has to tell in order to pass the Bechdel test is Summer and her mother using their periods to fight a bunch of female scorpions. What
2: the fuck? <laughs> what?
0: I don't even know what, what? to say. <laughs> and it passed the
1: Bechdel test. <laughs>
0: oh, what? Yeah.
2: Oh god.
0: Is this what you wanted, feminists? <laughs> is this is what you get. Hey, it's a feminist masterpiece.
2: Th- thanks, bra burners. We got an episode about that now. That's probably gonna be literally burned into my skull for the next five years.
0: Hey, ask me about my leakage. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ask me about my maxi pads. YouTube, yeah. don't kick us off. Oh, just ain't going on YouTube. is going on Pornhub. Oh my god, John! <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Presenting the world's first Pornhub exclusive podcast.
2: Presented by Heatap. Okay, so... <laughs> but I'm... John,
0: I know you had some news to bring up. Let's bring it up.
2: All right, Johnny, you're up.
0: Yeah, uh, other TV stuff related. So last time and a bunch of other times, I ranted and... And hollered about how star trek picard is an utter disgrace fucking pile of steaming i've been g- <laughs> hearing that for
1: weeks i mean anyway. you've got multiple
0: like long form
1: rants about how bad it is so uh yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and i still plan to edit the clip and put it up on youtube it's just that i am not relishing having to go through and like rewatch the episodes to get clips and all that yeah. i i just really don't want to do it but Recently, uh, Red Letter Media came out with their long-awaited uh, Plinket review of it. In case you don't know, the Plinket reviews were like those, originally the 70-minute long reviews of Star Wars that became really popular back in the day. I thought
2: Plinket was a game on your desktop that you played at like 8.
0: That's, isn't that Plinketto? Or is it Plunket? Or Pachinko? Kerplunk? Uh, never mind. Pinko? Uh, uh,
2: back on to your point, know. sorry, never mind, never mind.
0: Yeah, anyway, I just wanted to say I watched the whole hour and 37 minute long thing. And uh, yeah, essentially it brings up in so many words about the same points that I did with, you know, all the logical inconsistencies with the show, all the failure to adhere to continuity, all the obvious pandering to an audience that isn't the original Star Trek audience.
2: So pandering people stop because pandering to the audience is not going to work.
0: Yeah, well, it depends on what kind of audience you're pandering to. It's like they do a bit of pandering to the old Star Trek audience, but it's like I said before, they're making these references without seemingly understanding them at all. Like they don't understand the characters or why certain things were written the way they were. Anyway, on the back of that nail in the coffin for Star Trek, they just announced that they're going to be doing another series that was speculated about uh, as a spinoff from Discovery about Captain Pike as you may know, was the captain in the original series in the pilot episode, which was not aired, called uh, The Cage. So, uh, I believe it was the actor, Anson Mount, who originally announced this on his Twitter. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but it doesn't really matter. So, I think he was campaigning to the studio to get this show made, so apparently they're doing it. He's coming back as the captain. Rebecca Ramin is going to be number one, and then Ethan Peck as Spock. So, I... I will say I might have a tiny bit of optimism about this if, and only if, that's if with two Fs, if you're mathematical, (laughs) Uh, they don't get the same writer-producers to do this show as they did the others. And they've done that before, obviously, in the Next Generation era. You had, like, five different shows, all with their own writers, and you had, like, the one main executive producer as, like, the Kevin Feige of that universe to keep things in line. So that's what I think they need. Get a new writing team, completely new, people with a completely different mindset who like Star Trek, the real Star Trek, and you got to get someone smart to rein all this well, in. What,
2: uh, let's classify right, what is the real Star Trek?
0: All right, so the real Star Trek is basically anything before the J.J. Abrams movies.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that.
0: <laughs> and you know, I was fine with the Abrams movies because those are, you know, parallel timeline it's something else
2: and also it's chris pine and yeah it was a good cast and they cover
0: yeah well not con arguably there but you know they had a good main cast i mean they they spend so much time trying to convince the
1: audience that he wasn't con so
0: you know yeah <laughs> but like you know the thing about these new series is they kept saying this is not a parallel universe this is the old universe that we're playing and it's like uh no everything is literally different and you made a mess. Like I said before, these people keep making a mess of things. So, you know, very mm-hmm. uh, possible, cautious optimism if they... you know, Get the people doing the Orville to do this new show. I don't care. Anyone else but Alex Kurtzman, Michael Shabon, and Akiva <sighs> Goldsman, and um, the woman, I forgot her name. Oh, no, he's a sexist.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, yeah. You know, in the credits for Discovery and Picard, there's like, actually, like, 21 producers at the end of the credits. Like, you remember before when it would just show the main actors? 21
2: producers for one
0: show? It's ridiculous, and... Seems sort of unnecessary, doesn't it? You know, I won't get into depth with it, but there's been, like, a lot of, I don't know, drama or things going on behind the scenes, behind the production of this, and, to top it all off, uh, Viacom CBS is massively in debt, and there's been rumors that they might sell off the entire company to somebody.
2: Disney!
0: Because, uh, I don't know, but (laughs) see, what happened was, is originally when they were split, CBS did well, Viacom didn't, and when they they, re-merged, CBS took on all of Viacom's debt, and it's only gotten worse, and it's only getting worse now, especially, so. Hopefully, maybe Netflix, I don't know, somebody buys this shit, and takes these franchises and moves them in a good direction, just please stop killing Star Trek. My voice has cracked like a hundred times in this podcast. <laughs> Your
2: voice cracked so hard. That's how bad you're killing this man. You're, you're killing, killing this me. You're killing Star Trek. People. You're killing
0: me. Listen, since even before the quarantine, I've watched like one episode of Star Trek a day from all the different series. There's so many episodes you could watch it forever. So, Jesus, oh, really? It it's close to my being. And you're hurting me.
2: I mean, you probably did the same with Doctor Who for all my Hoopians out there. Uh,
1: okay, so I know you had some new stuff you wanted to bring up. Uh, we're coming up on an hour here, so maybe we should get that out of the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's uh, get this rolling.
0: Well, you know, we don't really have to adhere to time, because uh, what else do you got to do? Um, so other exciting things in gaming. Mm. Uh, Halo 2 was recently re-released, I guess you would say, on PC in the Master Chief Collection. Really? Yeah, uh, it was about like I guess a week ago at this point. By the time this comes oh, geez, out, man. so yeah, excited for that. Already played through it. Heck of a hard game compared to the others, especially if you play it on Legendary. Mm, really tough, but really fun.
2: Man, I, I miss yeah. the Halo games. I haven't played them in forever.
0: Yeah, and they've been they've been good to their word. They've been slowly adding them to PC. Well,
2: they they, they still keep up, eh?
0: Yeah, they hold up. I think they do.
2: That's that's wonderful.
0: The only thing, main criticism, I would have for the, like, the uh, whole remastered version of Halo 2 is that, like again, with the remastered version of Halo 1, the art direction, I feel like, takes away a lot of the aesthetic from the original. Like It's not necessarily bad, it's just different. And all the sound effects are different, which felt unnecessary to me. They're not overtly bad sound effects, they're just un- needlessly different. Other than that, game's good. Uh, more news... We've talked about Injustice before and guest characters, but I'm not talking about Injustice, instead I'm talking about Mortal Kombat 11. So they had some good guest characters so far. They had Terminator, the Joker, Spawn. What? And now, coming out May 26th, RoboCop. You can finally have RoboCop versus Terminator.
2: You are under arrest,
0: dirtbag. (laughs) You know, we previously had Alien versus Predator in, um, in Mortal Kombat. Now we have Robocop versus Terminator. Uh, it's a damn shame we couldn't get Freddy Krueger and Jason in the same game, but they were both guest characters.
2: Uh, come on. We all know that Robocop would beat Terminator in a fight to the death already. God,
0: you. Let well, me, me guess. You saw the death battle.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's my only reference for everything when it comes to characters fighting each other. Because I'm like, all right, they kind of have a point.
0: Yeah, so Robocop, he looks amazing. And the whole, like, add-on he's a part of is, like, a whole new story add-on. It has other characters. So it looks really good and still excited for them to reveal, because I know they will, Ash Williams from Evil Dead or from Army of Darkness as uh, a guest character later on. But we'll see. So, yeah, that's some good stuff. Uh, Lastly, something came out at the beginning of the month. I believe it was May 3rd. Streets of Rage... 4. Now I don't, I don't know if you guys know about this, because this was a series, a beat-em-up series, you know, side-scrolling beat-em-up, uh, beat-em-up, that was originally on the Sega Genesis, it's, you know, a lot like Final Fight, it has some elements of Double Dragon, it, it's a, you could tell if you watched the beat-em-ups through the ages that Streets of Rage is kind of like a culmination of a lot of these game design things, and you know, of course, the whole 80s aesthetic, got some great, like, dance-type music in it. Really good series, good fighting mechanics. I played it a ton, because I had a Sega Genesis the first game.
2: Yeah, I remember I had a Sega when I was about 10 to 12, man. That was the best thing I ever played. I would played Sonic. I played, um... I can't remember the other game, so we'll just say that for later. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to a nostalgic cop- podcast.
0: And then when I got a Wii, I got Streets of Rage 3 on Virtual Console. Played that a bunch. So, oddly enough, though, 4 was based mostly on 2. The one I didn't play, <laughs> but... There was another thing, because Streets of Rage 4 was supposed to happen a long time ago, but, you know, for whatever business reasons it never did, what came out in the interim period was something really great, Streets of Rage Remake, which took the first three games and kind of smashed them all into one, and you can play the levels from each and every game with, like, all sorts of different branching pathways, like, you could start in any of the original game's first levels and then eventually you can end up almost anywhere had a lot of different features, so, fair to say, I think, that Remake could be considered one of the best beat-em-up games ever. So how does 4 hold up? Well, I think it holds up pretty well. I don't know if I put it above Remake because it have doesn't have quite as many features and the music is not as good to me, but I know a lot of people like it. I don't think it's bad. It's fine, it's passable. But I feel like they elevated the fighting mechanics. They feel good, they feel comfortable. Like, you can combo people, and this time they can, like, bounce off the screen and shit. And you can catch them in the air and keep comboing them. The moves are flashy, the graphics are great, because they're all, like, hand-drawn and hand-animated. And the characters are good, and funnily enough, because in Remake, you could unlock... Or you could like switch between the different versions of the characters from each of the three games and unlock different boss characters. Even in this one, you can unlock the uh, original versions of the characters, and they even play differently. So that's something that's really neat, which I like using, especially because the Streets of Rage three characters are the only ones who can like dash and roll, and I kind of miss that from three. I I get why they didn't put it as a main feature in this because they wanted to be more like two, but you know, it's like you could pick anybody you want. Play however you want. The fighting is good. There's 12 stages. There's online. There's an arcade mode. It's pretty good. I like it. It's good. That's basically my review.
2: Guys, I just wanted to note for all our podcast viewers, this is the most positive I've ever heard, John, in the past four years that I've known this fucker. (laughs) Hey. Like, I have never heard him talk so positively about something.
0: I like some stuff.
2: (laughs) Keyword, some stuff.
0: I will say, originally, I had, like, a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction, because I was so used to playing Remake, and it has all these fan-made Remix tracks, yeah you know, of all the music, and I was so used to the running and the fast-paced nature of it. for like I said, the music isn't as high-energy, and, uh, you know, you don't get to sprint with every character, so originally, I was like, eh. but, you know, once I started playing it more, I got used to it, and when I went back and played Remake, I even found myself missing some aspects of 4, so... For those reasons i'm gonna say it's a recommend if you like beat-em-ups and if you ever played streets of rage
2: we heard a recommend from john folks this is gonna break the internet we heard a recommend from john
0: yeah so i know the last thing we wanted to get into here was uh how are we spending our time in lockdown i know i already talked about how uh I'm, i'm just basically always in lockdown but yeah so that's some of the things i've been spending my time on watching some trek playing some streets, playing some Halo. What have you guys been up to?
1: Okay, let's see. In terms of watching, uh, well, I should say, first of all, I am formally back in my office now, so I'm not quite, like, I'm on a reduced schedule, but I'm still, like, uh, uh, not technically in quarantine. I'm, you know, at least out doing something during the day. But, um, yeah, so, like, in terms of what I've been binge-watching and uh, playing, um, I've been binging, first of all, Avatar The Last Airbender I mentioned earlier. Yeah, just came back on Netflix. Just yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm rewatching it. And I'll probably do Korra next since, uh, you yeah. know, so I've been rewatching that. Um, I've been rewatching uh, Community since that's on Netflix, too. I, I think I mentioned that they did a script reading a couple nights ago. Uh, just they reunited the main cast for that, which was pretty cool. Um, in terms of games, I've been replaying, uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is largely considered to be one of the better games in the series. I miss Vegas. So like, you know, I actually really want to go back to Vegas and I can't because of this fucking quarantine.
2: Vegas is on the bucket list without a doubt. So
1: fun. Like, even if you're not big into drinking or gambling, there's so much to do in Vegas. Like, I can't recommend it enough.
2: Because everything is open until like five in the morning.
1: Yeah, some of the best food I've ever had, some of the best shows I've ever seen. It's, like, just so many cool things to do in Vegas. Plus, you know, the, the just the Strip itself is, like, an entire country, basically. It's incredible. So I've been feeling nostalgic about Well,
0: you can go to Vegas if you go in the, um, you know, the full suit, yeah. full armored suit. Yeah,
1: but it's, like, nothing's open right now either, right? Like, the entire city's on lockdown.
0: Well, perfect. It'll be just like playing Fallout. Everything's abandoned.
1: Well, it, so the thing that separates New Vegas from some of the other Fallout games is that um, in the Fallout universe, Vegas is one of the few things in America that actually survived the nuclear explosion, largely because the guy who essentially owned the entire strip had a defense measure in place to keep it protected. Um, yeah, Doug Dimmadome. <laughs> So it's thriving like 200 years after this nuclear apocalypse. And yeah, so like that's one of the reasons I've been replaying New Vegas is beyond the fact that it's just a great game to play is because, you know, it's the closest I can get to Vegas right now. Yeah, so that's uh, one thing I've been playing. I got Hitman 2 a couple weeks ago, so I've been playing through that some more. I've already beaten the entire main story, which is a shame, but, you know, I yeah. started playing through each of the maps and. Uh, you know it's like the kind of
0: game yeah my one other friend loves hitman too like he plays it so often and he's played every level to the point where i'm fairly certain he's killed every single npc in the game like including the ones that aren't targets in every single way that you possibly can with every single disguise and item wow (laughs) <laughs> yeah and he, he's great at it yeah i mean it's the kind of
1: thing that um if you really take the time to learn each map and learn each weapon and learn each like potential way that you can kill a target yep. um th- it's just such an innovative game like there's so many different ways to actually go about uh getting targets go about yep. uh
0: you know just killing random people uh, have you played the um oh because I-, I think it was in H- uh, hitman one have you played the hokkaido map Uh, Yes, Uh, so I actually
1: got that as part of the second one. Um, In the first one, it's like a exclusive level for, uh, you know, if you get the expansion pack, which uh, I'm not going to get into why I don't have the expansion pack, That it's just for a really annoying reason. Oh yeah, Hitman 1 and 2 (laughs) is a complicated buying process. So anyway, they include the Hokkaido map in Hitman 2. Yeah,
0: yeah. so I was going to say, like, the craziest kill, or at least the funniest one that I saw him do was uh the one target Yamazaki she's like a i don't know something for the yakuza so he leads her i forget how um f- for uh, first he turns up like the heat in the water under, right. like, the, like the south side area like uh, the yeah, south side pool or did whatever yeah a couple days or, like ago. hot springs yeah. yeah to make everyone you know like Scurry out of the way, sure. And I don't know if he if she just walks he, there or he gets or her into if he, a yoga
1: mission, a uh, yoga position. He's like, it's not the yoga, a yoga instructor. Okay. He do,
0: he does it different. He uses um coins or something to lure her towards and into the water. Mm-hmm. And then like while her guards are turned and she's not looking and she's like bending over to pick up the coin in the water. As soon as she, as soon as she stands back up, he. Hits her in the back of the head with a blueberry muffin, and because she <laughs> a falls, blueberry muffin? a blueberry muffin me? is a weapon, and because she falls in water and you know she is drowns. unconscious, yeah. she immediately drowns. Oh my god, that is pretty funny animated. as shit. I, I gotta tell you, I, That's I didn't even think
1: uh, there were blueberry mi- muffins on that level. I have no idea where he would have gotten that.
0: Yeah, it's a thing you can get, and you can even, like, put poison on it and make yeah. someone eat it.
1: Well, <laughs> you, I know you can do that. There's a level that takes place in uh, rural Vermont, or suburban Vermont, where, um, you're, like, the actual story is, like, uh, you know, you have to kill this, like, Soviet-era Russian spy who uh, is essentially this old man living in the suburbs, plus his bodyguard. And, um, like, one of the, uh, disguises you can get is a baker who's, like, catering at these open houses and, uh basically there's blueberry muffins all over that level that you can poison and essentially use to either knock people out or get them to throw up that's probably where you get it yeah yeah but it's like a different map altogether so i don't know where you'd get
0: one on the Hokkaido map you know no i'm pretty sure it's that like once you pick up the, like the item you unlock it as equipment that you can have uh, oh, okay from so, the start. so that
1: might be like one of the later mastery levels like um just being able to start out the level with it, because I don't think there's somewhere organically that it spawns in that level. No, no, he started out with it. Okay, so there you go. That's how. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's how you do it. Neat. Okay, Jack, what have you been up to? Jack's jacking. Evidently. Okay, John, what else have you been doing?
0: Um. Let me think, let me think, let me think, 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 gotta think. He, oh my god, he's fucking taking a shit. I just heard him blush. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, I've been looking for a new computer chair, because believe it or not, for like, since I got back home from college, the chair I've been using is just a normal default wooden dining room chair. And I've, like, had this flat pillow that I've sat on and, like, this back thing. And recently, I started getting this weird pain at the bottom of my spine, probably because of the way I've been sitting. Mm -hmm. Like, always angled back so that it's rounded, or I like to squat a lot of my chair just because I get bored of having my legs in front of me. So, yeah. Mm. I need a real chair, damn it.
2: Get one of them gamer chairs.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're kind of a meme, but... Uh, Compared to,
2: I mean, they're comfy.
0: Like, you'd say, oh, they're just expensive because they have colors. And then I look at, like, all sorts of uh, computer chairs and conference chairs. They're all expensive. It's like, why? It's just a chair. I don't get it. But, you know, I mean, I can't argue with my ass. It wants something comfy.
2: I think that's everybody.
0: Yeah, although I do feel a little better now because I think I've kind of corrected my posture. I'm not, you know, sitting with the bottom of my back bent trying to stay as sh- straight as i possibly can for as long as i can
2: and it, it all depends that's purely subjective there
0: yeah well i mean anatomically you don't want to have things bent and put pressure on that's for a long it. time because it could cause damage in the long term and i will say i am i am so woefully out of shape um at the yeah. beginning of the month i went for a bike ride i feel and where i am you know is kind of hilly so it, it's somewhat sure. tough to get around but a couple summers ago, I got to the point where I could bike around and around no problem. So this time, I just went to bike like four miles around, and I had to take like five separate mini breaks, and when I got back, like my head was spinning, I felt like I had a hangover and was drunk at the same time.
2: <laughs> How do you feel like you have a hangover and you're drunk at the same time? That makes no sense. Yeah, I've had that
0: before. It's annoying. I had a headache, and when I laid down, it's almost like the ceiling was spinning. Hmm.
2: That's all. Uh, that's rare.
0: Yeah. So, I am not in shape, so message to everyone out there, uh, try to get some exercise, and, you know, if you're sitting for a long time, try to stretch every hour, I guess, which I don't really do. Mm-hmm. I should listen to myself, or at least listen to the people who tell me to do this, but, yeah, don't uh, don't become too sedentary, it's, it's not good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been meaning to, like, try to maintain something because it's like you know i haven't
0: been to a gym in two months like since the quarantine started yeah well i have my own weight equipment and i've been meaning to get back into that i just have to make the space for it so i, I have like a very basic setup
1: and you know i've just been looking for excuses not to do it so <laughs> that's sort of where i'm at right now i i have an elliptical which i've been doing some basic cardio on but uh it's not exactly great right for maintaining muscle mass so i'm sort of sitting here slowly losing my strength <laughs> yeah
0: um, <laughs> i know how that feels
2: I, I actually cannot believe I'm saying this, but, like, I cannot wait for the gyms to open back up because, oh, my God, I just need an excuse to get out of this house, man. And I just need to do something. i just been feeling like so lazy <laughs> with all this. But, I mean, I, I'm just thankful that I got rehired by my job and I'm working remotely from home. So even though, like, I'm sitting around on my, in front of my laptop, I'm still doing stuff. So, and, I mean, it's better than nothing.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like ever since this quarantine started, I've, like every few weeks, I've just been feeling like shitty, you know, like my head just hurts. I've been getting mm-hmm. headaches. I've been feeling exhausted.
2: Well, my entire college life of having migraines most of the damn time. It's <laughs> not even
1: like, you know, I know it's not COVID causing it, right? But um, yeah. cause it's
2: like I haven't left
1: the house. How the fuck could I have this disease? But it's like, you know, of course, that's lingering in the back of my mind because, you know, we're in the middle of a fucking
2: pandemic. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, Karens are saying they need a haircut. Yeah, so do I, sweetie. My hair's back down to my to below my chin.
0: Oh, you guys haven't seen my hair. I know CJ has, but Jack, you have.
2: <laughs> oh, John, I don't think I want to see it.
0: Let me uh, let me get the lights on so you can see this shit. Because <laughs> you can you can use you can use video in the Discord call. You don't have to turn on yours, but
2: oh yeah, you can do that. I didn't know that was a thing. All right, let me get the camera here.
0: All right, there we go.
1: Yeah pretty down there
2: uh, oh my god John.
1: and that's just since quarantine
2: <laughs> all right you got me beat buddy you got me beat <laughs> oh my
0: god dude hey time works differently for all of us i've been locked in here years
2: <laughs> all right hold up hold up i'm gonna turn my camera on for you it's and probably uh, this, thing, thing, so. <laughs>
0: yeah. this is part of it this goes in <laughs>
2: oh my god you can five. Wow. You look great. Sorry, if this, this is only for us. Yeah. I don't know how, why, why is this not working?
1: Yeah. Should we end this actual podcast soon so we can just goof off? <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I'm still recording. I don't know about you guys.
2: Uh, yeah, my, my laptop is actually starting to get very glitchy. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, sorry, I can't, I can't do it. I'll, I'll just send a picture to you guys in the chat later.
1: Okay, so um, real quick, I'm just gonna give the outro, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a very off the rails quarantine edition of the Utterly Nonsense podcast. Uh, I'm CJ. That's John. And it literally that's did, Jack.
2: in fact, devolve into nonsense in the past, like well, I don't know, maybe the past ten minutes of this. <laughs> Dear God.
0: Oh, it's always been nonsense.
1: Anyway, uh, thanks for sticking with us this long. Check out our link tree for all of our social media links. Uh, make sure you subscribe we do this for free so you know it helps to at least keep our moral support up and keep us doing the show when people uh return to listen to more
0: yes we did not receive a hundred million dollar deal from spotify but you can listen on spotify and apple podcasts and google something or other yeah you know the drill uh anyway with all that being said
1: uh what was i gonna say oh yeah eat the music play us out